My name's Paul Murphy and over the last two decades, one thing has constantly intrigued me. How do we get a consistent flow of targeted traffic to generate incredible profits and at the same time set up processes and systems that remove all the stresses and headaches that come with online marketing? Together, we will discover the unknown strategies that exist right now on how to set up powerful marketing systems that allow us to turn our businesses around fast and give us the power to not live life on someone else's terms that we never signed up for in the first place, but have the lives we always dreamed of. Traffic's the question, and this podcast will give you the solutions. Now, on with today's episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? How's it going? So, um, as of recording this, I have literally just got back from the EMC, which is the Entrepreneur's Marketing Conference, which was in uh, London. It was at the O2 Continental, and uh, it was fantastic. It was really good. It was a three-day event, and I spoke on the Friday, and um, I managed to uh, hook up with some students, actually students in ATS, so that was really good. And uh, yeah, it's just always good to go to live events and have an amazing thing. I actually only go to this event. This is the only event I've been to in person since uh, in the last three years. I I went to one in Birmingham about four years ago. But in the last three years, I, I went to this one because they actually put it on literally four doors up from where I lived the first couple of years. And then they put it on um, in London. And this year I got asked to speak. Um because uh, Matt had followed me online um, who ran it and he uh, basically and obviously I was at the event so I got to know him a little bit and he asked me to speak after last year's event which is really cool and actually there is an interview with Matt on the podcast um, and on the YouTube channel so if you want to go and check that out it's really cool and he also runs a Facebook agency but what I want to talk about today is um, leaning in okay the art of leaning in or the science or the fear of leaning in or the, you know, fill it in whatever it is for you, the blank of leaning in, right? Because for me, um, you know, I, I've, I'm in my 50th year and sometimes there are things that I don't want to face, right? And I don't know if that's an age thing or whether that's just, you know, I, I mean, I was very, very fearless when I was younger, perhaps too fearless in some ways, right? But as I get a bit older or, you know, whatever, there's certain things I, I know I like and I know I don't like, but there's also things I know I need to do, right? Now, I've been asked to speak at about five speaking gigs in the last two years, some of which I um, I confirmed and then had to cancel. Others I've literally flat out cancelled. But because I go to EMC and I know the vibe and I know what it's like, I, I knew that this was the one to, to start, you know, to kick me off. Now, um, 20 years ago, I was working at an insurance company and um, I have always had this fear of public speaking. And, um, you know, you might think, OK, yeah, Paul, but you do two webinars a week, like you're really confident, you know, all this stuff. In fact, actually, before I started doing live webinars, which was only a couple of years ago, I had a fear of that. The same fear. I used to get sweaty palms and I used to kind of like a lot of things I didn't like. And, and I put it off, put it off, put it off until eventually uh, Mike Phil Same asked me to be the first guest speaker on Groove Digital Presents and he does them live. Right. And now, incidentally, I, I only do live webinars. I have a live calls every week. And if I bring guest speakers on, I make sure it's live. Some people will play pre-recorded webinars and pretend they're live. I don't really think that's ethical, so I don't do it, right? I always have live webinars. Um, so, yeah, so basically, um, I, so it was kind of like, okay, I've been putting this off. Now, this was the incident that happened that kind of 
developed this fear for me was over 20 years ago. And um, I, I probably didn't have this fear before, but they had never been asked before. Now, I was working in insurance. So when I went to work for this insurance company, I started off as a temp, right? And then I got promoted fairly fast and I got put through some training. And um, while I was a team leader, um, there was a speech. I had to, a, 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 like a PowerPoint presentation speech that I had to go and present to a small room, about, I don't know, 10, 20, maybe 30 people in this room. And I, th- I was kind of okay with it. I thought, to some extent, I'm blagging this. I don't really know what I'm talking about. But as a, man- as a sort of lower management in this company, I had to go in and do this thing. Now, if I kind of backtrack 10 years before that, I had um, basically got engaged and bought a house with a girl called Jo. Now, she still owned half the house. Technically, her name was still on the mortgage because during the 90s, when we had this property, it went into negative equity. So we couldn't sell it and we couldn't afford to obviously take the hit on it. And we both agreed that we would that would be fine. So we had been sort of loosely in touch because obviously her name was still on this mortgage, even though I was living in the house. Um, but we hadn't I hadn't seen her for about two or three years um, this company that I worked at AXA had 500 people. It was a massive call center. And Joe worked upstairs. And I didn't even know this, right? And I was going to do this presentation. Joe was sitting in the front seat, literally walked in as I'm about to do this presentation. And um, to say that things didn't end very well when we broke up is, a, is an understatement, right? We, uh, it was not, a, not a, a harmonious split, let's put it that way. And, and I think, you know, a lot of it was on me because I was young and I had a lot of growing up to do. And we were just not really, actually, when I look back at it now, we weren't a right fit for that time. Definitely not. Right. But at the time I wanted to kind of like, I thought I wanted to kind of like get a girlfriend, get a house, get, you know, all those things that I thought I wanted before I actually realized whether I was with the right person. But as it stands, anyway, she's sitting there in front of me, I'm doing this presentation and she knows me better than anyone else in that room, right? So she can tell that I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. I don't think anyone else really picked up on it, but she knew, right? Well, that's my feeling anyway. And of course, she then started asking questions. And I knew she was doing it to get to me, right? So she started asking me questions that she probably she knew I probably didn't know the answer to. And I had to kind of like, and I started to kind of like get get like go red in the face and start to swear. And I started to kind of really kind of like clam up because I knew I hadn't got all the answers and I was there on my own, right? My boss was standing in the corner, but she was not intervening. She was letting me do the whole thing, right? So after this, um, this kind of, this was excruciating. People started laughing in the room because I was literally obviously very, very nervous. And, you know, what I should have said was, look, guys, I've just been sprung on this. I actually don't know, but this is what we've got to do. Any questions, I'll try and find out for you. But I wasn't confident enough in myself. I was a, a new manager. I hadn't got any skills. But it, as it happens, it, this kind of thing put me off public speaking for life, right? You know, up until literally three days ago, my first ever public speaking gig, right? And um, anyway, as I walked out of that room, my manager said to me, she said, I thought you studied acting. And I said, yeah. She said, that was diabolical. She said, I don't think I've ever seen a worse presentation. She said, people were laughing at you. And I thought, yeah, thanks for reminding me, you know. <laughs> it's like, And she was not impressed, right? And, and, and I kind of got marked, like she, she kind of treated me differently from there on in as well, 
which was a shame because I, I should have been prepared, right? And it wasn't my fault. I was sprung on it. I was asked to do it and I had to do it. Having said that, you know, obviously, you know, there's things I could have done better and I, I could have had a bit more experience. And that was why for years and years and years I put off public speaking because something had ingrained in me from that speech, right? But obviously now I'm going, you know, we've, we started a mastermind a while back and we will be doing events for that. Um, I actually have got my ATS Quantum and I'm, I'm kind of, as I'm progressing and growing in my business and we're, get, we're getting larger and things are happening, I'm going to be doing more events. I want to do more public speaking. I had to lean in, right? But of course, it all came back to me. So on the day I actually, the, oh, the first day I got there, I was so tired. I was kind of dreading it. The second day I'd had a good night's sleep and I was thinking, okay, I can do this. This is fine. I do webinars all the time. On the third day, I was literally back there, right? 20 years ago in that room, my mouth went completely dry. I literally, my mouth froze up. I couldn't speak. I um, I will be getting a copy of the recording, but I have very little recollection of the actual speech that I did. I know I missed stuff out. I, I mean, I went through my slides. I did the best I could. And people were coming up to me telling me what a great speech and they got a lot out of it. We got tons of people opting in from my QR code at the end. So Obviously, it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I think on reflection, without actually watching the thing, I think I did 70%. And I was happy with 50% for my first speaking gig. I was thinking, okay, well, if I if I nail it 50%, that's good enough. That's good enough for me to break the ice and to get back out there. And weirdly enough, now I know what happened. Because I'd, I'd never stood in front of like this room. By the way, this event has doubled in size virtually every, every year. So... The first year would have been the better year for me to speak at because it was a smaller room, right? And I probably would have been a little bit more comfortable. But as it happens, this was like a massive, this was like speaking in a massive arena, right? That's what it felt like. It was, a, I think it was a thousand people in the room. So not as big as you might think, but when you're standing up there on stage, it is humongous, right? And they had these two massive screens and it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. But um, but yeah, and, and obviously having, you know, one of those kind of Britney Spears mics, I've never had one of them on, I had one of them on. And not knowing how I sounded through it properly and things like that. I think it's just the experience, right? I know, obviously, I know my content, I know my stuff, but, you know, there was an element of nerves. And um, I had quite a few friends in the audience and they all said I did really well. It was absolutely fine. Obviously, my nerves showed a little bit, right? Which was, which I expected because there was no way I could hide them, right? But I think in a way that maybe uh, um, gave something to authenticity, so, um, so yeah, so I just wanted to kind of report back on that and let you know, obviously, if you've got something that you're fearing, but it's going to be progressive for you, it's going to get you to move forward with your career or with your life or with anything, really, whatever it is that you want to move forward with, as long as it's not going to hurt anyone else, then, um, then it's, it, you know, obviously, you want to find a way for you to be able to lean in, right? Because leaning in and, and facing these fears, this now means that I can now obviously go and do more public speaking gigs. I can now go and, um, you know, there's events that I've cancelled or not gone to because just for that very fear, which I've now conquered, right? Now, I know that it's still, you know, it's probably going to take two or three times before I get comfortable up on those stages. So next time I'm aiming for 70 to 80%, next time 80 to 90%, and then by the time I've done it two or three times, I should be at the standard I am when I do my own live webinars and things like that, right? I should be at, back to where I'm at um, with, obviously, you know, never 100% because obviously even with live webinars, even with everything I'm doing, I can always improve, right? So, you know, but I want to get in the 90s. I want to have 
you know, little room for improvement. I want to be nailing it, right? And then that means, obviously, as I do more public speaking gigs and get myself more out there, um, when people ask me, I might be afraid to say yes, right? Because I've now taken that first step and conquered my fear, right? So, yeah, so is this, like, what I would ask you as listening to this, obviously, right now, like, is there something you're not, you're fearing and you know that it's going to help you, it's going to move you forward in life? Is there something that you're putting off, right? And then I would ask you to kind of think about, is there a way that you can do it? And obviously don't, you know, don't overwhelm yourself and don't give yourself too big a task. Maybe just give yourself like the 50%. If you can nail it 50%, that's okay the first time, but you've moved, you've moved forward, right? You've pushed past it. Um, and, you know, is there a way that you can do that? And if there is, set your expectations realistic, obviously, um, so you can move forward. So, yeah, so that's it for this episode, guys. I'll see you on the next episode. If you are tired of paying for ads that do not deliver and you need to reach a super targeted audience, driving them direct to your products and services with free targeted evergreen traffic on Google and YouTube, then our gold membership is designed specifically to help you get results fast by claiming your first free Google ads. Now, the great thing is, is that your first two weeks are completely free. To get started, head over to iservefirst.com. That's iservefirst.com. Links in the show notes. And you'll be able to start driving 100% free targeted traffic to your business today.